You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast as we go through a study of Hebrews chapter 11 in a series called Faith Lessons. All right, guys, if you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is we're starting a new series on faith because I'll be honest, I'm like Pastor Robin. It takes more faith for me to stop and to rest than to do and have effort. And so I figured this would be a great thing for us personally to study as a church about faith uh, leading up to this sabbatical, uh, more honestly for myself and uh, to learn from heroes of the faith and what they did and, and we can learn great lessons. And so the series is gonna be called Faith Lessons that we're starting today. Today's title, we're only gonna do more of an introduction about faith and what the benefits are and how it enables us to walk with God. It's Hebrews 11 verses one through seven. I'm calling today's message Faith and Action. Faith and action, okay? So faith and action. Now faith, when we talk about it, tonight will be a lot of definitions and descriptions and just sort of thinking through. Faith is a trust, a belief, a confidence in something or someone. It's a faith, a trust, a belief, a confidence in something or someone. And God wants us to have our faith in him and his word and what he has told us. And the reality is when we trust in Jesus by faith, when we put our confidence in him, We're blessed. Psalm 40, verse 4 says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud and those who go astray after a lie. We don't just have faith in faith, our faith in nothing, but we have trust, faith in an object or a person. And God wants to be that object of our hearts, doesn't he? He wants to be the object of our lives, that we depend on him and we have this trust and this confidence in what he says. Because God speaks to us. That's why we're going to God's word. You can say that faith is, a, is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. Faith is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. That we start by faith, we build on faith, and we end through faith. It's something that is so important. The Christian life is one that continually trusts in God. And so as he speaks, we either trust him or we don't. Haven't you found that true? Whatever God says, it goes, but you can either apply it to your life or you're not. And Jesus says when you apply it to your life by faith and through faith, you are blessed. Let me give you another sort of definition. Warren Wiersbe, he says this. True biblical faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstance or consequences. Let me repeat it because it's so good. True biblical faith, when we're talking about trust and belief and and what we're just going to be studying over these six weeks, true biblical faith is the confident obedience to God's word in spite of the circumstance or uh, in consequences. And listen, when we have this type of faith in God and his word, it's powerful. It's magnetic. It's incredible because it directs us and it guides us. Faith enables us to experience God's power in great and mighty ways in the supernatural because we live by faith and not just by sight. For when God speaks, it is reality. What he says goes, whether we feel it, whether we see it, and it is best for our lives to walk in his truth and the reality of how he Works And so the Bible would say we're to walk by faith and not by sight. It is a good thing for, under, uh, for us to understand God's word and do what it says so we can live in his reality because oftentimes we tend to live instead of faith with feelings 
are what we see. And God wants to elevate our lives in such a way that would bless us where what he says we can live in that reality. And that could be the bedrock of our lives. You know, the book of Proverbs, and we'll probably cross-reference a lot of verses in this series to Proverbs because it's one of wisdom, one of guidance, one of very practical. Proverbs 16, 20 says, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. It is a good thing to have faith today. Do you have faith? How is your faith? How is it going? This is where this series comes in because it's meant to build your faith. And we're gonna look at people of God who have already trusted in God and see the consequences or the rewards of their faith. You know, this chapter is often called in the Christian paradigm or world, uh, Christianese, the hall of faith. You guys know like the, the hall of uh, rock? Is it, what is it in Cleveland? The rock and roll hall of fame? Right, yeah, hall of fame, right? Play on words, hall of faith, ha ha, Christianese. I don't know. These people, they just do things, right? But many of us, we've heard growing up, oh, this is the hall of faith. These are people that are like, Top notch. We can look to them and be like, wow, that is incredible. That's what a, a hall of fame sort of is. And it's sort of a play on words because these people are exhorted and commended, not for their fame of their output of what they did, but their trust in God and how that trust caused them to move and build their life upon. And so it highlights so many different men and women who live by faith to encourage us and to show us. And we can learn many lessons from them. The writer of Hebrews, as we get into it, is trying to build our faith, and he's trying to show us that it can be done. You ever have those moments even thinking, like, is this even possible? But in Hebrews 12:1, he says, listen, there is a great cloud of witnesses that tells us we can live by faith. We will be rewarded by faith. It actually will benefit our lives. I know you may not see it yet, but look at these men of old. Look at these women of old and see their commendations, see their rewards, see how they trusted God and they were blessed. That same principle is for you because there may be different people, but guess what? They're, the principles are the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these people show us and teach us today as we're gonna study and as we're going to learn. Romans 15, 4 puts it this way. When talking about the Old Testament and people of faith and life lessons and stories, and how do they transfer to our life? Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Oftentimes when we're living by faith, not by sight, we need to have hope. We need to have some insurance that God will come through. And there is a relief, there is inspiration, there is a blessing to look at people that have gone before us and learn lessons from them. You know, what's interesting is how other people inspire one another. And I always think of a guy named Roger Bannister. Has anyone ever heard of Roger Bannister? Oh, I thought maybe Robin would. He was a runner. See, in 1954, it was a little bit before your time. Mike, I think you were alive, maybe. It could have been, could have been questionable, okay? Uh, there was this thing called uh, four-minute mile, four-minute mile. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised you haven't never heard this. Maybe you have. It's a good story. I always think about it, and I'm not even a runner. It took forever. Now, sports athletes, they tried to break this record for over 100 years, is started to try to be coming and riding and in races to break a four-minute mile. Now, you have to understand, that's about 15 miles per hour. 
it seems impossible. In 1886, they were trying to beat this record, and it took many years. 1954, Englishman Roger Bannister broke the mile with the team. They finally said, we can do it together. We're going to run, and I'm going I'm to get some of that tailwind, and then you're going to shoot off, and then we're going to shoot off. And finally, he was the guy that did it after many, many years. You know the next person that broke the record? It was 46 days later by an Australian guy. It's crazy. This guy's name is John Laney, and he broke the record. And now, if you look at history, there's over 1,400 male runners, and it includes female runners as well, that have broke the four-minute mile. Three minutes and 59 seconds, John Laney, he crushed it, beat it by like two seconds, 46 days later. Why? Because he was inspired by someone else. It was like something opened up, and it was like, wait, it could be done? And all of a sudden, what didn't happen for almost 100 years... The next hundred years, there were over a thousand people that broke the record just because they got inspired by someone walking a certain way. And this is what we need to understand when we go to this hall of faith, these men and women of God that, that inspire us and spur us on. You remember in our Better Together series in Hebrews chapter 10 was a main uh, verse for us. In verse 24 through 25, it tells us that we actually encourage one another and inspire or spur one another on in good works when we gather together. It builds our faith. And so it, it should make sense to us that now the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 is showing us some inspirations, some saying, hey, you, you can actually trust God. Look to these key characters and have your faith built up. And this is why it's so important to study God's word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 says. And so we wanna look to Jesus through these characters because God never changes. And as if he worked in those people's life, guess what? He can work in our lives as well. And so let's pray and let's jump right into this text and these verses and talk more about faith. God, we thank you so much that we can talk about faith and we ask, Lord, for the gift of faith, for trust in you, that you would build our faith tonight, that spirit you would speak. And as we jump into this series, God, I pray that you do a transformative work in our hearts, that you would just inspire us and spur us on and encourage us and that we would be rewarded and blessed as we trust in you, the living God, the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, some of us have to trust to rest. Some of us have to trust to do. We all are different, and you meet us wherever we are. And so we thank you, Lord, for your word and the power of your word to be able to minister to everyone in this room and everyone watching live right now and everyone even watching later on the podcast. We bless your name, and we thank you for your power. May you uh, receive all the glory and do a work that only you can do. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Now, we go through books of the Bible. We go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and uh, we're jumping around because we did a long series of Revelation. It was awesome. It was incredible. 27 messages uh, on Sunday. I think it was like 25 bonus episodes. And so what I wanted to do is sort of balance that out and give you a couple of series, still through the Word of God, but not take all of Hebrews, not take all of... Um, Better Together was 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And so what we're doing is jumping into a chapter and going to take our time. And honestly, we could take one character and I could do a message per uh, character, but I only got six more weeks till the sabbatical. So I figured we'll just break into six weeks. We'll have to do what we have to do. Uh, but it is important as we jump in this, this 
pivotal message to talk about faith, define it, wrap our heads around it, and to get into the context of Hebrew 11, Hebrews 11, okay? And so the context of the whole book of Hebrews uh, was a great theme, Jesus over religion. Jesus is better than religion. It's about a relationship, and Jesus is the best thing that you could put your faith or your trust in. Now, we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews, but we do know the audience, Jewish people. Can you guess it? The Hebrews. It's called the Hebrew book. It's Hebrews, okay? And so they were very religious. They had a Christian or a Judeo uh, background of idol worship, of atonement, of sacrifice, of all these different things, and they valued faith and works, and behaviors. And the focus of the Hebrews, uh, Hebrews is to show them that Jesus is better or supreme than any other effort that we can do or any other religious system. That he is our full atonement, that we are saved by faith in Jesus, and Jesus is better than that. He's better than Moses. He's better than the angels. He's better than all these different things that God has given as a foreshadowing of Jesus, the Messiah, to come. And so the writer of Hebrews is actually going to reference a lot in the Old Testament, not only in chapter 11, but throughout the book, because they know Scripture. They know the Old Testament. And so you'll see Psalms and cross-references. And this is so important to understand, because they built their culture off of effort, off of works, off of what is called the law, a religious behavior, but we have to understand because Jesus came in the new covenant, it shows us that religious behavior does not save us. We, we aren't to put our trust in principles. The writer of Hebrews is saying you're to put your trust in a person. They were all to point to you, to show you like a mirror, you are flawed and you need a savior. And the Messiah, Jesus, is here and he is a better person than your own efforts. He is a supreme being than the angels or any other thing that we can do. And so those things should point you to him. Now the word better is used 13 times in this book. It says that Christ is better than the angels, Hebrews 1.4. That he brought in a better hope, Hebrews 7.19. Because he is the mediator of a better covenant which is established on better promises, Hebrews 8.6. The writer of Hebrews wants us to know that we are to have faith in Jesus, his righteousness, his effort. And so he describes faith and he shows us a whole bunch of characters in the Old Testament who lived by faith and were rewarded in the Messiah to come. Because he wants now people to go back and connect the scripture to Jesus. As Jesus did after he died and rose again, he actually walked with the disciples and said, hey man, all the laws and the prophet, it points to me. And check this verse out and do this. And, and so now we're under this new covenant. And he wants to show them and show us that faith, it has works, it has actions, but it will never save. Sound familiar? Remember when we talked in James chapter, our James, that series in James chapter 2 verse 17? James says, faith by itself, it does not have works, it is dead. Our faith does have action. Our faith in Jesus causes us to move and to have certain uh, momentum and works and doing things. But he starts the chapter by describing faith and saying, but you're not saved by that. You're saved in the object of your faith. We don't just have faith for faith. There is a person behind that. And these people of old, they actually trusted in what God said about how he would bring forth the Messiah. Jesus is here. He is better than all you've hoped and imagined. Put your trust, put your faith in him. And so he starts giving us a word picture and sharing examples of what faith in God looks like. Read with me verses one through three as he sort of gives this, this full, full, uh, full description of, of faith. He says, now faith 
is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of the old received their commendation or their reward. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are invisible. Now, when we come to this text, this is actually not a description of faith, uh, a definition of faith, but it's actually more of a description. Because he's saying, by faith it's this, by faith it's that. He wants us to know what faith does when applied and how it works. Because true biblical faith is not blind optimism, our manufactured hope so feelings. It's a confidence in God and what he has said. And it is a trust in God and his word. See, we as believers have hope because God is faithful and worthy of our trust. The Bible says that he is not like man that he should lie. He has the character so what he says goes. And as believers, we have hope because God is powerful. He is worthy of our trust. Like we talked about even last week, he's proven his word through the power of the resurrection, through the wonder and might and the glory of his majesty. When he does something or speak forth, he not only has the character, but the competency to do it. And so he's trying to give, this is, there's this, this, this great hope, this great assurance. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You know, when I always think about faith and trust, I think of two people in my life. One is my brother and another is my friend. I'm not going to tell you their names so you can't guess which brother and you don't know my friend. But my brother, he has, I remember always growing up and um, he didn't have the best of character. He's three years older than me, so he had a car, an amazing car. It, it dr drove really well. He had a job, he poured all of it and it had a stereo, had amazing speakers, all that different stuff. But I knew if my brother said, I'm going to pick you up at 11 o'clock, he would not pick me up at 11 o'clock. In fact, I would call him at 11.05 and be like, hey, are you coming? Oh, yeah, I'm on my way. Where are you at? Oh, I'm just, I just got out of the shower. Bro, I'm across town. What, what are you doing? He had, he had the, the competency, but he didn't have the character. So I never really trusted him. So I learned how to do the bus system at a very young age because I was just like, listen, this dude, I don't know what he's going to. Or if he said he'd be there at 1, I'd be like, okay, let's plan on it. It could be at 1, 1.30, 2, who knows? Let me remind him in a half an hour. He had competency, but not character. But I also think of another friend that had a lot of character, loved me dearly, and still does, but he didn't have the competency. He didn't have funds. I remember being in a hard place, and he wanted to help me out, but he was as broke as me. He, he couldn't help me out. He had the character. He would have done, he would have given his shirt off my back. The only problem is his shirt stank, and it was torn up. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't have that competency that he had a lot of words. Man, I would love to do that. I care for you so much. But man, in a hard place, if I needed funds or something like that, I couldn't look to him for help or to get a loan or him to have my back in that way because although he had the character, he didn't have the competency. So I didn't trust him, just like I didn't trust my brother for time. You have to understand when we come to God, he is not like a man or any other friend that you may have or these silly illustrations. He has the character, and he has the competency. And so what he says goes, you can trust him, but the competency, he has all, all the power in the world, and his will will be done. And the writer of Hebrews says, now this type of faith, this type of trust, and this type of God, it gives you such an assurance. 
It gives you such hope. It's the assurance of things hoped for or the conviction of things not seen. It's like I can trust it even though I don't even see it because God spoke it and it's done. That's the faith that this writer is trying to tell us. Faith in Jesus, he gives us its assurance. He gives us stability. He gives us security in this life even when we don't feel it or can see the outcome because we can trust God is a God that loves us, cares for us, and what he says goes. And this is why it gives these illustrations of the things that no one's ever seen, like the world being made. Did you notice that in verse three? You see, faith, it empowers us to live in a reality that most people can't live in because most people live by their eyes and what they feel and they're natural, but God is a supernatural God. And so when he speaks, his word is supernatural. It brings forth life. And just in the beginning, when he spoke, the world was made out of nothing, visible, invisible. He just said it and existed. So what do you think the application is for us? When God says something in his word, it doesn't matter if you see it. It's going to be done. Just like God made everything by his word, his word is living, and if he speaks it, you can claim it and live by that. And this is why faith is so powerful for the Christian. This is why you need faith. You know, Warren Wiersbe said that faith enables us to understand what God does. Without faith, we can't even understand what God does because God reveals things to us. But if we don't trust him, then we, don't, we can't even understand that. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. And as a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. Faith is a great power for your life. Not faith in faith, but faith in God. Faith is powerful because it shapes our lives and it moves us. It directs us in certain ways and aspects. J. Oswald Sanders says, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. That's the power of faith. That's the faith that he's describing and talking about. Faith is this confidence, a conviction for your present reality, and this is powerful. And he says in verse two, if you look at it, it says, by it, this faith, this type of faith, in God, people of old received their accommodation. There is a great reward for having faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are saved by faith, that God works through faith. And in verse six, if you look down and drop it down, we have it on the screen. It says that God is pleased by this type of faith. And without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God or him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe. Remember, faith is a trust or a belief. So you must trust, you must have faith, you must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We believe for God he exists, but not just in our own mind. We don't make up God. He reveals who he is. He reveals his character, his love, his power for these things. And when we trust in that God, the living God, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the resurrected Christ, it actually pleases him and he's able to reward us based off of trusting who he is, his might. I just love this verse because it just shows me as a Christian I can please God. I don't know, have you ever just wanted to please God? You know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. I think about even decisions about like the sabbatical or uh, things for the church. I think, I don't know how the end result will be, but if I can have faith, it will never be a failure because I could please God. 
So even in the midst of a, a trial or even the midst of my, my heart, what do I go, left or right? I want to pick the, the, the choice that says faith. What will help me trust God? Not what, what result do I want, not what's the outcome and how can I manipulate the situation. If we're trusting God and everyone says it's a failure, God says it's not because it pleases him. And I want to please him in my decision making. And so if it's a step of faith for me, and I know that, I want to walk in that conviction. That is what conviction is. It's this internal debt that you're trusting God. And you may have different convictions, and we all have different convictions by the power of the Holy Spirit. That God ministers and nudges us. Hey, hey, do this, or give that person a call, or be generous in that way. These are all biblical things, but when we claim it to our own lives, we can walk in confidence and we could say, I'm going to love God today. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to please God. And so I always try to give my decisions over to faith and what God says. And that means I need to be guided by what God's word says. I can't just make up stuff for my feelings because they deceive me. I need to know what God says. And that's why he says you need to understand that God exists as he reveals himself who he is. You can't just be making up stuff and thinking out of the context. and not No, we need to know the heart of God. Because God speaks, he guides, he loves, he leads us. And our response should be trust, belief, faith that has works, that has action. This type of faith and action is rewarded. Verse 3, it says, By this faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, or by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It is through faith that life makes sense for the Christian. When we ignore or neglect God's word and what he says, we're not living in reality of what true life is all about. Have you noticed that? The world, it doesn't make sense. There's a way of the world. There's lies of the enemy. And if you look on social media, if you look on the news, if you look at your friends and how they're living contrary to God's word, their life ultimately does not make sense. And it ultimately does not satisfy because they're fighting truth. They're fighting reality. They're fighting who God is. And everyone has faith in something. But the reality is, is who do you have your faith in? Or what do you have your faith in? The Bible says if you don't have your faith in Jesus, then it's idolatry. And that's what Hebrews is all about. Don't fall into these other idols and trust in these things that will let you down. Trust in Jesus who will actually reward you with salvation. Reward you with his spirit. Give you life and give you hope. Because idols ultimately don't give us hope. They disappoint. And we put our trust and our belief in, in our own efforts, in our status, even in this life. But is that truly reality of what God says? Is our life just about the moment right now? No. And so we as believers need to actually have conviction to say, this is what God has, word has said. And when you have that conviction, then it gives you hope to walk in the newness of life. Followers of Jesus can trust God with confidence that his word is true. And when you do so, you are blessed. And this is why it's so important to have your mind, your body, your soul wrapped around God's word and shape you, mold you. Paul would say this in Romans 12 too, Do not be conformed to this world, the ways of this world. What they think is normal or the culture. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Many Christians struggle and they say, what is God's will? What is God's will for my life? 
Get to know God through his word, for God's word helps us to walk in his will. And when he speaks something, trust him, believe him. It will enable you, it will give you rewards for your life. Our faith in Jesus causes us to have action. And now this person, this writer in verses four through seven gives us these three characters as examples of this type of biblical faith that he's describing. Abel, Enoch, and Noah. These are characters found in Genesis 4 through chapter 9. Abel is in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Enoch is in Genesis 18 through 24. And Noah is Genesis 6 through 9. Now, I mentioned these references, so that way this week you guys can study more in depth. You can meditate on it. You can read their stories because we're going to only look at them briefly to look at this point of how faith in God actually moved these people to works or action and blessed their life. All right? Sound good? The first person is Abel. First point, faith caused Abel to worship God. Faith caused Abel to worship God. Now, we always hear Abel with Cain, right? First, it's usually Cain and Abel, all right? There were, these were the first two sons of Adam and Eve, but Abel, he was killed by Cain, the first martyr. And so Cain was jealous. He was mad that God accepted Abel's offering and not his offering. And so he slaughtered his brother, hid him, shed his blood. And part of this was Cain gave leftovers to God while Abel gave his first fruits. Genesis 4, 7 sort of describes that. They both gave offerings and the outside, the work, it, it looked almost even better that Cain's work was like great. But Cain gave leftovers and Abel gave his best to God. And the text actually reveals that God let them know how to be worshiped. But Cain did not believe that. He wanted to worship God how he wanted to worship God and not obey. And so he got jealous and he killed Abel. But Abel trusted God and worshiped God as God revealed how to. And this act counted for him as righteousness. Now, verse four says this. We're talking about this faith and definition. Now he goes, by faith, this biblical faith, this assurance, this hope, this things that's being described, he says, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commanded as righteousness, or commended as righteousness. God commended him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he die, he still speaks. The Bible says that Abel is a lesson for us. Did you know that your faith can be lessons for other people? It gives a legacy and a hope. When you worship God, it actually can help you parent and show people about God. It can show this community about God. It can show the world about God. Abel worshiped God by faith and God was revealed. God was glorified. Abel is a lesson for us that we need to have faith and worship the way God has revealed to us. God has revealed to us in his word how to worship and how to get to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. So if you want to worship God the Father, you have to go through the Son. If you go through your own God or another mediator, that is not how God revealed to actually have acceptable, pleasing worship. And what is this writer saying? He's saying, it's all about Jesus. You can't just make up your own Messiah. You can't just do this good deed. You can't just give. But then they, he would know that they know scripture. So he would 
reference things and have language about first fruits in a more acceptable thing like Proverbs 3.9. It tells us that we're to honor the Lord with our wealth and with the first fruits of our produce. This first fruits, they would know this word and it would trigger some emotion because Abel gave his first fruits to God and it pleased God. He gave his best efforts, but Cain did not give his best efforts. He did not listen to God. He did what he wanted to do. And the Bible tells us that we are to give our best efforts to God, not just in our income or with our produce, but with our bodies and everything that we do. Paul would say in Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now it's by this faith that Abel trusted God in how to bring a sacrifice and giving his best that allowed him to worship God. And it's by faith that enables us, faith in Jesus, to worship the Father appropriately. Not how we think or not what we made up, but submitting to God and his word. Well, the next person he mentions is a guy named Enoch. And this teaches us that faith helped Enoch live in integrity. Faith helped worship, uh, Abel worship. Faith helped Enoch live with integrity. Enoch is an interesting character because he never died. Seriously, he just didn't die. It's a weird verse in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 5. Uh, he was just taken up by the Lord. Now, we actually have someone else in the Bible like this. You guys may know him, Elijah. He was a great prophet, and there was a lot written about him from 1 Kings 17 all the way to 2 Kings chapter 2. It records Elijah, this great prophet, that was also swept up, taken by the Lord, did not die. But there isn't much mentioned about Enoch, where there are chapters and stories about Elijah. Literally, you just have Genesis 5.22. Enoch walked with God. Again, it says that in verse 24. That's it. So the Lord took him. Done. And I was thinking, man, integrity is doing the right thing when no one is looking. Enoch shows us that he simply walked with God by faith even when it wasn't recorded. And God still honored that and gave him a reward. Same thing with Elijah. Elijah walked with God, but, but he had this, his life recorded and people saw it on display and he was more of like he was the known prophet he was the prophet of the prophets you can say so why wouldn't the writer write about elijah in this section he says enoch he just simply walked with god no one even said it the bible says that they were rewarded by basically just having faith they escaped death they were just caught up read with me verse five it says by faith this trust, this belief, this assurance in God, Enoch was taken up so that, he should, uh, so that he should not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. I mean, if you're gonna be taken by anyone, you might as well be taken by God. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty awesome. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And now in verse six, it says, faith pleases God. This guy walked by faith, didn't have his life recorded. God was so pleased, even though no one even noticed, he got this great reward, didn't even, didn't even kiss death, just done, taken by God. 
What is this for us today? Well, Enoch lived a life of integrity and he just simply walked with God daily even when no one was looking, even when it wasn't recorded. And this pleased God. And did you know it still pleases God? Even when no one notices, even when your life is not recorded and your friends don't notice or your wife or your spouse or your kids, you're just pleading with integrity. When no one is looking, you're walking with God. And did you know the Bible says we're exhorted to have this type of faith? Colossians 2, 6 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We're just simply to walk by faith, to simply press in in the mundane when no one is looking, to walk by faith, to continually trust. And God tells us that some of us will not die as well, as this is a beautiful picture of the rapture and the church found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. We'll all be rewarded when we walk by faith and have a righteous life. And this is what faith does. It helps our lives not only today, because did you notice how he said he, he got walked with God and God gave him this great reward? But he commended Enoch and his righteousness while he was still on earth. You will have blessings on this earth and the life to come when you walk with God and try to please him and not the world. That's what this type of faith does. Well, lastly, we see Noah. Some of you know Noah from Sunday school. Faith enabled Noah to endure. So faith helped Abel worship. It, it, it really inspired Enoch to live in integrity, and faith enabled Noah to endure. You know, when I think about Noah's story, I think of a hard life. I know most people think about the animals, the ark, but I do think about the ark. But I also think biblically in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, it says that the world was full of wickedness at the time of Noah. That there was like no one else besides him. He was just doing his own thing. He was trying to please God and everyone was not. And then he got this task to build the ark, Genesis 6, 14. And did you know the Bible says it took a long time? It actually gives us details. And there's actually places in the United States that they rebuilt the ark. Like, could you imagine without power tools to even build anything? <laughs> like, you know, like I can't do it with power tools and this guy's doing it with his life for hundreds of years. Then as he's building this huge ark by faith, people, I'm sure, because in their wickedness and not trusting in God, were saying, what are you doing? What is Noah doing? Like, what is going on? It's never flooded, Noah. What is this rain that you're talking about? You're wasting your life. You're stupid. I can't believe it. And just day after day, he's just building this ark, building this ark. But Noah trusted in God and what he had said and told him and he obeyed his word by faith. Read with me in verse seven. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, this wrath that was to come, in reverent fear, constructed an ark. He realized who God was and he feared him and he feared him over man for the saving of his household. By this, he commended the world, or condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. 
Noah was saved by faith and rewarded from faith. He was able to endure the persecution and I'm sure the doubt and the culture and all this different stuff of building the ark because he trusted in what God had said and his word and promises. And it didn't, he couldn't even wrap his mind around it. And the Bible says so too with us. Faith helps us endure in this life As we wait and even suffer in this life, faith can enable us to continue to follow Jesus and be rewarded. You know, right before this chapter, chapter 10, verse 36, it says this, for you have need of endurance. Life is gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. The writer is saying this. That's why he's giving you illustrations saying it can be done. He's saying you are gonna need to endure so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. What is the will of God? To trust God and to please him by faith? Just simply what he says? That he says he can be worshiped in, in this way and so you worship him that way. He, he says that you can worship him even when no one's looking in integrity. He says, okay, I'll just walk with integrity. And he says you can even worship and trust in him even in hard times and you can endure in this. If you want to last and be rewarded in this life, you need to have faith. You need to have faith enable you in what God has said and trust in that. And this is what we learn from these examples, that faith has action. But the action didn't save, it was God that saved. They put their faith in God and that was powerful. For faith caused Abel to worship God. Faith helped Enoch live in integrity and faith enabled Noah to endure. And these are just some of the lessons we're gonna learn as we look to faith and having faith in God. And we'll pick up our study next week as we look at another character, Abraham. He's known as the father of faith, a guy that had so great faith that he would go blindly and trust God with his entire life and what that looks like. But let's close now and ask God to build our faith. Maybe we don't have this type of faith. You know, that's okay. This is why the Hebrews, a writer of Hebrews is writing this, to build our faith and say it can be done. And Jesus said, some, you know, you have to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And I think it'd be wise for us to believe in what God has said and to celebrate that, to live our lives for that. The Bible says that he has forgiven us, that he has given us eternal life, that Jesus is coming back. And when we gather together to realize what God has done and celebrate the grace that he has and cause that to spur us on, to have our faith built up in this time of edification and equipping in God's word and to actually affect our lives. These are all things we as believers partake in when we take communion. We take communion by faith, trusting that it does symbolize something, that God actually made a way where we can understand him and know him and made a way where we can have fellowship with him, that he forgives sin, that, that he's coming back, that we have his spirit. We trust in this gospel, this good news, but it takes faith. We are saved by faith through grace. God is full of grace and mercy. But will you trust him and will you receive him? And the great good news of the gospel is you can today. For today is the day of salvation. And so whether this means the first time you're stepping into faith or the seventh million time you're stepping into faith, the Bible says in John chapter 1, 6, 16, you're to walk from faith to faith or from grace to grace. It's a beautiful thing that we get to trust in God and that simple trust 
really directs our life with action. And the Bible says in this text that it is rewarded. And so let's celebrate that. Let's ask God for faith. Let's focus on the salvation that we have in Christ and let's partake in communion together. Jesus, we thank you so much for your good grace, your good mercy, how you wanna do a deep work of what it means to trust, believe, to have assurance and confidence in you through this series and this passage of scripture. And thank you, God, that we can take our time, that we can meditate, that we can study even throughout the week about these characters. And Lord, there's just so much to to receive from you because you're infinite, you're eternal, you're, you're a God full of mercy and grace. And so we wanna come to you as your children right now and we wanna ask God that you would fill our hearts with faith, that we would receive this gift. Even think about as a church going into a sabbatical season that we wouldn't have to do, 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 but we would rest in who you are. And that would cause our life, and the overflow of our life to have action, to move, or that we would have our action, our move, our being in you, Christ. We know that you are better. And so we look to you, God, and we thank you. We thank you that you have the competency, the character to do what you say. And what you say, Lord, is for our good. So let us receive this gift of faith. Let us receive salvation. Let us continue to worship in spirit and truth. And God, we just want to calm our hearts and respond now to your word. We ask, Lord, you would continue to be glorified in us. Help us to do so. It's in your precious name we pray, God. Amen. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.